Dependent Shakespeare presents The Tempest, Act 1 by William Shakespeare Cheerly, my hearts! Yeah, yeah, take in the topsail! Tend to the master's whistle! Blow till thou burst thy wind if room enough! Good bosun, have care! Where's the master? Play the men! I pray now, keep below! Where's the master, bosun? Do you not hear him? You mar our labor! Keep your cabins, you do assist the storm! Nay, good! Be patient! When the sea is! Hence, what cares these warrors for the name of king? To cavern, silence, trouble us not! Good, yet remember whom thou hast aboard. None that I more love than myself. You are a counselor. If you can command these elements to silence and work the peace of the present, we will not add the rope more. Use your authority. If you cannot, give thanks you have lived so long and make yourself ready in your cabin for the mischance of the hour if it so happens. Cheerly, good hearts! Out of our way, I say! I have great comfort from this fellow. He thinks he hath no drowning mark upon him. His complexion is perfect gallows. Stand fast, good fate to his hanging. Make the rope of his destiny our cable, for our own doth little advantage. If he be not born to be hanged, our case is miserable. Down with the topmast! Yeah, lower, lower! Bring her to try with the main course! Oh, the plague upon this howling may are louder than the weather or our office! Yet again? What do you hear? Shall we give o'er and drown? Have you a mind to sink? What pops are your throat, you bawling, blasphemous, and charitable dog? Work you, then. <laughs> I'll warrant him for drowning. For the ship were no stronger than a nutshell, and as leaky as an unstaunched wench. They have a hold, a hold! Set her two courses out to sea again! Weigh her off! All us to prayers, to prayers, all lost! What? Must our mouths be cold? The king and prince at prayers. Let's assist them, for our cases is theirs. Ah, oh, I'm out of patience. We are merely cheated of our lives by drunkards. This white chap rascal. Would thou mightst by drowning the washing of ten tides. He'll be hanged yet! Though every drop of water swear against it and gape at widest to glut him. Farewell, my splits. Farewell. Let's all sink with the king. <laughs> Let's take leave of him. Now would I give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground, long heath, brown furs, anything. The will's above be done. But I would fain die a dry death.
If by your art, my dearest father, you have put the wild waters in this roar, allay them. The sky, it seems, would pour down stinking pitch, but that the sea, mounting to the welcome's cheek, dashes the fire out. Oh, I have suffered with those that I saw suffer, a brave vessel, who had, no doubt, some noble creature in her, dashed all to pieces. Oh, the cry did knock against my very heart. Poor souls, they perished. Had I been any god of power, I would have sunk the sea within the earth, or ere it should the good ship so have swallowed, and the frotting souls within her. Be collected. No more amazement. Tell your piteous heart there's no harm done. Oh, woe the day. No harm. I have done nothing but in care of thee, of thee, my dear one, thee, my daughter, who art ignorant of what thou art, not knowing of whence I am, nor that I am more better than Prospero, master of a full poor cell, and I no greater father. More to know did never meddle with my thoughts. Tis time I should inform thee, father. Lend thy hand and pluck my magic garment from me. So, lays down his mantle. Lie there, my art. Wipe thou thine eyes, have comfort. The direful spectacle of the wreck which touched the very virtue of compassion in thee, I have with such provision in mine art, so safely ordered that there is no soul. No, not so much perdition as an heir, but tint to any creature in the vessel which thou hast cry, which thou sawest sink. Sit down. Well, I must know, Father. You have often begun to tell me what I am, but stopped and left me to a bootless inquisition, concluding, stay not yet. The hour's now come. The very minute bids thee ope thy ear. Obey and be attentive. Canst thou remember a time before we came unto this cell? I do not think thou canst, for then thou wast not out three years old. Certainly, sir, I can. By what? By any other house or person? Of anything the image tell me that hath kept with thy remembrance? Tis far off and rather like a dream than an assurance that my remembrance warrants. Had I not four or five women once that tended me? Thou hast them more, Miranda. But how is it that this lives in thy mind? What seest thou else in the dark backward anabism of time? If thou rememberest aught ere you camest here, how thou camest here thou mayst. But that I do not. Twelve years since, Miranda, twelve years since, thy father was the Duke of Milan and a prince of power. Sir, are not you my father? Thy mother was a piece of virtue, and she said thou wast my daughter. And thy father was Duke of Milan, and thou his only heir, and princess no was issue. Oh, the heavens! What foul play had we that we came from thence? Or, lest wast we did. Both, both, my girl, by foul play as thou sayest, were we heed thence, but blessedly hold hither. Oh, my heart bleeds to think of the teen that I have turned you to, which is from my remembrance. Please you, father. My brother and thy uncle called Antonio. I pray thee, mark me, that a brother should be so perfidious. He whom next thyself of all the world I loved, and to him put the manage of my state, as at that time through all the signories it was the first, and Prospero the prime duke, 
being so reputed in dignity and for the liberal arts without a parallel. Those being all my study, the government I cast upon my brother and to my state grew stranger, being transported and wrapped in secret studies. Leifel's uncle, dost thou attend me? Sir, most heedfully. Being once perfected how to grant suits, how to deny them, who to advance and who to trash for overtopping, you created the creatures who were mine, I say, or changed them, or else you formed them. Having both the key of officer and office, set all hearts in the stake to what tune pleased his ear. That now he was the ivy which had hit my princely trunk and sucked my verdure out on it. Thou attends not. Oh, good sir, I do. I pray thee, mark me. I, thus neglecting well the ends, all dedicated to closeness and the bettering of my mind with that which, but by being so retired, oppressed all popular rates. My false brother awaked an evil nature. My trust, like a good parent, to beget of him a falsehood in its contrary, as great as my trust was, which had indeed no limit. A confidence on bound. He being thus lauded, not only with what my revenue yielded, but what my power might else exact, like one who, having into truth by telling of it, made such a sinner of his memory to credit his own lie, he did believe he was indeed the duke, after the substitution and executing the outward face of royalty. With all prerogative, hence his ambition growing. Dost thou hear? Your tale, sir, would cure deafness. To have no scream between this party played and him he played it for, he needs will be absolute Milan. Me, poor man, my library was dukedom large enough. Of temporal royalties he thinks me now incapable. Confederate, so dry he was for sway, with the king of Naples to give him annual tribute, do him homage, subject his coronet to his crown, and bend the dukedom yet unbowed. Alas, poor Milan! most ignoble stooping. Oh, the heavens! Mark his condition and the event, then tell me if this might be a brother. I should sin to think but nobly of my grandmother. Good wounds have borne bad sons. Now the condition. The king of Naples, being an enemy to me inveterate, hearkens my brother's suit, which was that he, in lieu of the premises of homage, and I know not how much tribute, should presently extirpate me and mine out of the dukedom and confer fair Milan with all the honours of my brother. Whereon, a treacherous army levied, one midnight fated to the purpose did Antonio open the gates of Milan, and in the dead of darkness the ministers for the purpose hurried thence me and I crying so. Alack for pity! I, not remembering how I cried out then, will cry it over again. It is a hint that rings mine eyes to it. Here a little further, and then I'll bring thee to the present business which now's upon us, without which the story were most impertinent. Wherefore did they not that hour destroy us? Well demanded, wench. My tale provokes that question. Dear, they durst not. So dear the love my people bore me, nor set a mark so bloody on the business, but with colours fairer painted their foul ends. In few they hurried us aboard a bark, bore us some leagues to sea, where they prepared a rotten carcass of a butt, not rigged, nor tackle, sail, nor mast. 
The very rats instinctively have quitted. There they hoist us, to cry to the sea that roared to us, to sigh to the winds whose pity sighing back again did us but loving wrong. Alack, what trouble was I then to you? Oh, a cherubin thou wast that did preserve me. Thou didst smile, infused with a fortitude from heaven, when I have decked the sea with drops full salt, under my burden groaned, which raised in me an undergoing stomach to bear up against what should ensue. How came we ashore? By providence divine. Some food we had and some fresh water that a noble Neapolitan Gonzalo, out of his charity, who being then appointed master of this design, did give us, with rich garments, linen, stuffs, and necessaries, which since have steadied much. So, of his gentleness, knowing I loved my books, he furnished me from mine own library with volumes that I prize above my dukedom. Would I might but ever see that man. Now I arise. Sit still and hear the last of our sea sorrow. Here in this island we arrived, and here have I, thy schoolmaster, made thee more profit than other princess can, but have more time for vainer hours and tutors not so careful. Heavens thank you for it. And now I pray you, sir, for still tis beating in my mind. Your reason for raising the sea storm? No, thus far forth. By accident, most strange bountiful fortune, now my dear lady, hath mine enemies brought to this shore, and by my prescience I find my zenith doth depend upon the most auspicious star, whose influence, if now I court not but omit, my fortunes will ever after droop. Here cease more questions. Thou art inclined to sleep. Tis a good dullness, and give it way. I know thou canst not choose. Come away, servant, come, I am ready now. Approach, my Ariel, come. All hail, great master. Brave sir, hail. I come to answer thy best pleasure, but to fly, to swim, to dive into the fire, to ride on the curled clouds, to thy strong bidding task, Ariel and all his quality. Hast thou spirits performed to point the tempest that I bade thee? To every article I boarded the kingship. Now on the beak, now in the waist, the deck, in every cabin, I flamed amazement, sometime out by, and burn in many places. On the topmast, the yard and bowsprit, where I flamed distinctly. Then meet and join, Jove's lightnings, the precursors, oh, the dreadful thunderclaps, the monetary and sight outrunning were not. The fire and cracks of sulfurous roaring, the most mighty Neptune, seemed to besiege and make his bold waves tremble. Yea, his dread trident shake. Ah, my brave spirit, who was so firm, so constant, that this coil would not infect his reason? Why, 
that's my spirit. <laughs> but was not this Nigel? Close by, my Nesta. But are they, Ariel, safe? Not a hair perished. On their sustaining garments, not a blemish. But fresher than before. And, as thou badest me in troops, I have dispersed them about the isle. The king's son have I landed by himself, whom I left cooling off the air with sighs in an odd angle of the island, and sitting his arms in this sad knot. Of the king's ship, the mariners say how thou hast disposed, and all the rest of the fleet. Safely in harbour is the king's ship, in the deep nook, where once thou cost me up in the night to fetch dew from the still beds for moors where she's hid. The mariners all under hatches stone. Who, with a charm joined to their suffered labor, I have left asleep. And for the rest of the fleet which I dispersed, they all have met again and are upon the Mediterranean float, bound safely home for Naples. Supposing that they saw the king shipwrecked and his person perished. Ariel, thy charge exactly is performed, but there's more work. What is the time of the day? At least two glasses. The time took six and now must by us both be spent most preciously. Is there more toil? Since thou dost give me pains, let me remember what thou hast promised, which has not yet performed me. How now, Moody? What is thou can demand? My liberty. Before the time be out, no more. I prithee, remember I have done thee worthy service. Told thee no lies, made thee no mistakings, served without regret or grumbling. Thou didst promise to bait me a full year. Dost thou forget from what a torment I freed thee? No. Thou dost, and I think it much to tread the ooze of the salt deep, to run upon the sharp wind of the north, to do me business in the veins of the earth when it is baked with frost. I do not, sir. Thou liest, malignant thing, hast thou forgot the foul which Sycrax, who with age and envy was grown into a hoop, hast thou forgot her? No, sir. Thou hast. Where was she born? Speak. Tell me. Sir, in Argier. Oh, was she so? I must once in a month recount what thou hast been, which thou forgetst. This damned witch Sycrax for mischiefs manifold, and sorceries terrible to enter human hearing from Argier, thou knowest was banished. For one thing she did, they would not take her life. Is this not true? Aye, sir. This blue-eyed hag was hither brought with child, and here was left by the sailors. Thou, my slave, as thou reports thyself, wast then her servant. And for thou wast the spirit too delicate to act her earthy and abhorred commands, refusing her grand heads, she did confine thee, by help of her more potent ministers, and in her most unmitigable rage, into a cloven pine within which rift imprisoned thou didst painfully remain a dozen years, within which space she died and left thee there, where thou didst vent thy groans as fast as mill-wheels strike. Then was this island, save for the sun that she did litter here, a freckled whelp, hagborn, not honored with human shape. Yes, Caliban her son. Dull thing, I say so. He, that Caliban, whom now I keep in service, 
Thou best knowest what torment I did find thee in. Thy groans did make wolves howl and penetrate the breasts of ever angry bears. It was a torment to lay upon the damned, which Sycorax could not again undo. It was mine art, when I arrived and heard thee, that made gape the pine and let thee out. I thank thee, If thou more murmurst, I will rend an oak and peg thee in his knotty entrails, till thou hast howled away twelve winters. Pardon, master. I will be corresponded to command, and do my spiriting gently. Do so, and after two days, I will discharge thee. That's my noble master. What shall I do? Say what? What shall I do? Go make thyself like a nymph of the sea. Be subject to no sight but thine and mine, invisible to every eyeball else. Go take this shape and hear the comment. Go hence with diligence. Awake, dear hearts, awake. Thou hast slept well. Awake. The strangeness of your story put heaviness in me. Shake it off. Come on, we'll visit Caliban, my slave, who never yields us kind answer. Tis a villain, sir. I do not love to look on. As it is, we cannot miss him. He does make our fire, fetch in our wood, and serves in offices that profit us. What ho, slave! Caliban, thou earth thou, speak! There's the wood enough within. Come forth, I say. There's other business for thee. Come, thou tortoise. When? Fine apparition. My quaint Ariel, hark in thine ear. My lord, it shall be done. Thou poisonous slave got by the devil himself upon thy wicked dam. Come forth. As wicked too as e'er my mother brushed with raven's feather from unwholesome fen. Drop on you both. Southwest blow on ye and blister you all o'er. For this be sure tonight thou shalt have cramps, side stitches that shall pen thy breath up. Urchins shall, for that rest of night that they may work, all exercise on thee thou shalt be pinched. As thick as honeycomb, each pinch more stinging than bees that made them. I must eat my dinner. This island's mine, by Sycorax my mother, which thou takest from me. When thou camest first, thou strokedst me, and madest much to me, which give me water with berries dirt, and teach me how to name the bigger light, and how the less to burn by day and night. And then I loved thee, and showed thee all the qualities of the isle, the fresh springs, brine pits, barren place and fertile. Cursed be that I did so. Oh, the charms of cigarettes, toads, beetles, bats, light on you. For I am all the subjects that you have, which first was mine own king. And here you stymie me in this hard rock, whilst you do keep me from the rest of the island. Thou most lying slave, whom stripes may move, not kindness, I have used thee, filth as thou art, with humane care, and lodged thee in mine own cell till thou didst seek to violate the honor of my child. <laughs> Oh-ho! Oh-ho! Would it had been done! Thou didst prevent me! 
I had people else desire with Caliban. Abhorred slave, which any prince of goodness wilt not take, being capable of all ill. I pitied thee, took pains to make thee speak, taught thee each hour one thing or other, when thou didst not, savage, know thine own meaning, but wouldst gabble like a thing most brutish, I endowed thy purposes with words that made them known. But thy vile race, though thou didst learn, had in it that which good natures could not abide to be with. Therefore wast thou deservedly confined into this rock, who hadst deserved more than a prison. You taught me language, and my profit on it is I know how to curse. The Red Plague rid you for learning me your language. Hag seed, hence! Fetch us in fuel and be quick, thou art best to answer other business. Shrugst thou malice? If thou neglect'st or dost unwillingly what I command, I'll rack thee with old cramps, fill all thy bones with aches, make thee roar, the beasts shall tremble at thy din. No, pray I must obey. His art is of such power. He will control my dam's guards and tables, then make a vassal of him. So, slave, hence. upon some god of the island, sitting on a bank, weeping again the king my father's wreck. This music crept by me upon the waters, allaying both their fury and my passion with its sweet air. Thence I have followed it, or it hath drawn me rather. Ah, bit is gone. No, it begins again. Nothing of him that doth fade, but doth suffer us he change into something rich and strange. Seen him sourly ring his knell, but did does remember my drowned father. This is no mortal business, nor no sound that the earth owes. I hear it now above me. The fringed curtains of thine eye advance, and say what thou seest, John. What? What is it? A spirit? Lord, how it looks about! Believe me, sir, it carries a brave form, but tis a spirit. No wench, it eats and sleeps, and hath such senses as we have such. This gallant which thou seest was in the rack, and but he is something stained with grief. That's beauty's canker. Thou mightst call him goodly person. He hath lost his fellows, and strays about to find them. I might call him a thing divine, 
For nothing natural I ever saw so noble. It goes on, I see, as my soul prompts it. Spirit, fine spirit, I'll free thee within two days for this. Most sure, the goddess on whom these heirs attend. Vouchsafe my prayer may know if you remain upon this island, and that you will some good instruction give how I may bear me here. My prime request, which I do last pronounce, is... Oh, you wonder if you be made or no. No wonder, sir, but certainly a maid. My language... Heavens, I am the best of them that speak this speech, were I but where to spoke. How? The best? What wert thou if the king of Naples heard thee? A single thing, as I am now, that wonders to hear thee speak of Naples. He does hear me, and that he does I weep. Myself am Naples, who with mine eyes never since it ebb, beheld the king my father wrecked. Alack, for mercy! Yes, Faith, and all his lords, the Duke of Milan and his brave son being twain. Ah, the Duke of Milan and his more braver daughter could control me. If now it were fit to do it, I had the first sight may have changed eyes. Delegatariel, I'll set thee free for this. A word, good sir. I fear you have done yourself some wrong. A word! Why speaks my father so ungently? This is the third man that e'er I saw. The first that e'er I sighed for. Pity, move my father to be inclined my way. Oh, if a virgin, and your affection not gone forth, I'll make you the queen of Naples. Soft, sir, one word more. They are both in Eden's powers. But this swift wings I must uneasy make, lest too light winning make the prize light. One word more. I charge thee that thou attend me. Thou dost here usurp the name thou owest not, and hast put thyself upon this island as a spy to win it from me, the Lord Honored. No, as I am a man. There's nothing ill can dwell in such a temple. If the ill spirit have so fair a house, good things will strive to dwell with. Follow me. Speak not you for him, he's a traitor. Come, I'll manacle thy neck and feet together. Sea waters shall thou drink, thy food shall be the fresh brook mussels, withered roots and husks wherein the acorn cradled. Follow! No, I will resist such entertainment till mine enemy has more power. Oh, dear father, make not too rash a trial of him, for he's gentle and not fearful. What I say? My foot, my tutor! Put thy sword up, traitor! Who makes the show but dares not strike? Thy conscience is so possessed with guilt. Come from my ward, for I can hear this arm thee with this stick, and make thy weapon drop! Beseech you, father. Hence, hang not on my garments. Sir, have pity. I'll be his surety. Silence! One word more shall make me chide thee, if not hate thee. What, an advocate for an impostor? Hush! Thou thinkst 
There is no more such shapes as he, having seen but him and Caliban. Foolish wench. To the most of men this is a Caliban, and they to him are angels. My affections are then most humble. I have no ambition to see a goodlier man. Come on, obey. Thy nerves are in their infancy again and have no vigor in them. So they are. My spirits, as in a dream, are all bound up. My father's loss, the weakness which I feel, wreck all my friends, and all this man's threats to who I am subdued are but light to me. Might I but through my prison once a day behold this maid? All corners else of the earth let liberty make use of. Space enough have I in such a prison. It works. Come on! Thou hast done well, Vinariel. Follow me! Hark, what thou else shalt do me. Be of comfort. My father's of a better nature, sir, than he appears by speech. This is unwanted which now came from him. Thou shalt be as free as mountain winds, but then exactly do. All points of my command? To the syllable. Come, follow. Speak not for him. Act 1 by William Shakespeare. The players were Kim Giannopoulos as Miranda, Perry Whittle as King Alonzo, April Sadowski as Ariel, Bill Young as Ferdinand, David Alexander MacDonald as Prospero and the Shipmaster, Chris Pyle as Caliban, John Johnson as the Boson, Tim Kelby as Gonzalo, Philip Weber as Sebastian and Michael Liebman as Antonio. Original music and direction by David Alexander MacDonald. This was a Pendant Audio production, executive producer Jeffrey Bridges. For more information, visit the Pendant Audio website at www.pendantaudio.com. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.